I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the forgotten origins of fairy tales, the podcast where I look into the truth behind our best-loved children's stories. This week's fable is perhaps one of the most sinister stories we tell our young, impressionable children before tucking them in at night, and reading it again sent chills down my spine, if I'm honest. And that's really not surprising, given that it allegedly inspired Freddy Krueger from the classic horror franchise The Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm talking, of course, about the Pied Piper. Like Rumpelstiltskin, I'm aware that many listeners outside of Europe may not be too familiar with this tale, so I'm going to briefly summarise it now. Once upon a time, a mysterious man appeared in the German town of Hamlin. He was wearing a coat of many colours, for which reason the people named him the Pied Piper. He claimed to be a rat-catcher, and he promised that for a certain sum he would rid the city of all its mice and rats. The citizens struck a deal, promising him that certain price. The rat-catcher then took a small fife from his pocket and began to blow it. Rats and mice immediately came from every house and gathered around the man. When he thought he had them all, he led them to the river, where he pulled up his clothes and walked straight into the water. The animals all followed him, fell in, and drowned. But now that the citizens had been freed of their plague, they regretted having promised such a sum of money, and using all kinds of excuses, refused to pay him. Finally, he went away bitter and angry, but not long after, he returned, on June 26th, St John's and St Paul's Day, early in the morning at around seven o'clock. But now he was dressed in a hunter's costume, with a dreadful look on his face and wearing a strange red hat. He sounded his fife in the streets, but this time it wasn't rats and mice that came to him, but rather children. A great number of boys and girls from their fourth year on. Among them, there was even the mare's grown daughter. The swarm of children followed him and he led them deep into a mountain where he disappeared with them. All of this was seen by a babysitter who, carrying a child in her arms, had followed them from a distance, but had then turned around and carried the news quickly back to the town. The anxious parents ran in droves to the town gates, seeking their children. The mothers cried out and sobbed pitifully. 
Within the hour, messengers were sent everywhere by water and by land, inquiring if any of the children had been seen. But it was all for naught. In total, 130 were lost. Two, as some say, had lagged behind and came back. One of them was blind and the other mute. The blind one was not able to point out the place, but was able to tell them how the children followed the piper. And the mute one was able to point out the exact place, although he or she had heard nothing. One little boy in short sleeves had gone along with the others, but had turned back to fetch his jacket and thus escaped the terrible tragedy. For when he returned, the others had already disappeared into a cave within the hill. So I think we can all agree that this is one of the few fairy tales that has a distinctly morbid and unhappy ending. Like pretty much all of the fairy tales I've covered, apart from The Little Mermaid and The Little Matchstick Girl, the Pied Piper was collected by the Brothers Grimm in the early 19th century. But it was also retold by Robert Browning in his 1842 poem, The Pied Piper of Hamelin. And subsequently, it's found its way into Disney's Shrek franchise, as well as lots of anime, and has even influenced common phrases that we use today, such as pay the piper, referring to owing a debt, and he's a pied piper, when referring to a man who is charismatic, but ultimately untrustworthy. But the latter of these two phrases dates back to the mid-16th century, far predating the Brothers Grimm's collection. And that's because the Pied Piper of Hamelin is based on real-life events. Ooh, we love a based on true events on this podcast. The sinister events took place in Hamelin, Germany in 1284, and evidence was recorded as a stained glass window in the town's market church, which was unfortunately destroyed in 1660. But luckily for us, copies were made. The window depicted a man dressed in multicoloured clothing with a pipe or fife in his hand. In the background, children can be seen in white gowns dancing up the hill. The window was created in 1384 and had a chilling engraving. It read, It is a hundred years since our children left. Really creepy stuff. Though it's clear that something awful happened to the children of Hamelin, no one knows exactly what it was. Historians do have some theories, though. One common belief is that the children died of the Black Death, which would explain why rats are such a focal point in the story. But the plague didn't hit Germany until the beginning of the 14th century, so it would have been about 22 years too late. In fact, the rats probably weren't even added to the tale until the mid-17th century. So another theory is that the children of Hamelin died in an environmental disaster. Either a flood, hinted at in the story when the rats are drowned in the river, or by a landslide, which would explain why the children are caved up inside the cliff face in the Brothers Grimm version. If this were the case, 
The Pied Piper would represent the Grim Reaper, luring the young to their deaths. Which is dark, but would explain why the children are all dressed in white in the stained glass window. So a third possible explanation is that they were sold off as slaves to places in Eastern Europe, such as Transylvania and Poland, to work the land and serve the governing lords. And as bizarre as that might sound, it was relatively common practice at the time. But personally, I don't think they would have gone to the trouble of creating a monument to something that was just common practice. So I reckon we can rule that one out. Alternatively, just to throw a spanner in the works, some believe that the children of Hamlin are actually just meant to be the inhabitants of the town and following the Pied Piper is meant to represent mass immigration. So when the carving says it's a hundred years since our children left, it simply means it's been a hundred years since member of the t- members of the town emigrated, potentially due to overcrowding or low crop yields. Either way, that's a far less dramatic and sinister explanation. And it's also the explanation the website of the town chooses to give today. Regardless of what actually happened to the children of Hamlin, the town has made damn sure they weren't forgotten. And in the 16th century, a gate was erected in the wall around the town. And it was inscribed. In the year 1556, 272 years after the magician led 130 children out of the town, this portal was erected. So deep was the belief in this mystery that until the middle of the 18th century, no music was allowed to be played down the street leading to the gate, as it was said to be where the Pied Piper lured the children out of the village. And there were also two stone crosses erected on a nearby mountain, Poppenberg, to stand as monuments to the lost souls of the Hamlin children, bricked up inside one of its mountain caves. So this fairy tale has far more emotion behind it than any of the others that we've come across. If I had to choose one of the theories, I would have to say that I'd go with the environmental factors. I think the children were killed in some kind of environmental disaster. But that wouldn't quite explain why none of the parents died. Hmm. Do let me know which one you think it is by dropping me a message on Instagram at Forgotten Origins Podcast. That's all one word, Forgotten Origins Podcast. Next week, we're in the slightly more familiar world of the three little pigs. Thanks again for listening and do recommend the podcast to friends and family you think will enjoy it. (laughs) 